You're listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I'm Pastor Josh. I would like to invite you to embark with me on a journey, a journey of biblical study. Through practical application of the Word of God, it is my prayer that you grow in greater relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Please join me as we journey to the next Stepping Stone of Faith. We talk about this. The Scripture says that in the presence of the Lord there is liberty or there is freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom to live the way you want to? No. <clears throat> freedom from that guilt and that fear and that anxiety and that, and, that, and that animosity toward one another and all those things. Freedom from that in Christ Jesus. Not freedom to live the way we want to. Not freedom to go back to our old way of life. Freedom in Christ. We are now in Romans chapter 8, Life in the Spirit. Now, there's a lot in this particular chapter, and if we want to really divulge on it and get what we're going to get out of it, I think we're going to have to chop up this first section and do a couple sermons because there's a lot in the first four verses that I think we need to understand as believers on what it, what it means to grow in Christ and have life in Christ. So let's go there right now to Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of the... Of the uh, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And concerning sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, help us to understand this word. Help us to prayerfully consider it. Help us to apply it to our heart and our life, that, Lord, we would be better for you today than we were yesterday. And, Lord, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Now anoint this word, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Very famous or very much quoted scripture. There, 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 there is therefore no condemnation for those who, in Christ, who are in Christ Jesus. And that's important to understand. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, what he's talking about here is he's, he's, Paul is echoing Jesus' word that he, in John 3, 17, he has not come to condemn the world, but through him it might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save it. Came, Jesus said that, uh, that he, he has come to save that which was lost, and we were lost. We were a lost people. 
And Jesus came to save us. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That does not mean, now, now understand, that does, not, that does not mean that we are free to sin. We can, use it, we, we, we can say, well, I'm a believer in Jesus, and therefore I can live the way I want to, because there's therefore no condemnation. No, that's not what this is saying. We have to read the rest of the scripture to understand. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, meaning that we are going to slip up. Yes, we're going to have problems. We're going to have difficulties in our life. But in those difficulties, we understand that we are to go to God and ask God for forgiveness and move forward. God does not condemn us when we're in that attitude. When we're in the attitude of repentance, God gives grace not condemnation. So therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according, not walk not according to the flesh. That's important to understand. That doesn't mean we can sin and live the way we want to because we're believers. For those who walk not according to the flesh, there is no condemnation. We mess up. We sin. That's just the way it is. What he's talking about here is when he says, walk not according to the flesh, that is iniquity. That is a lifestyle of sin that becomes who you are even though you say you're saved. That is what he's talking about here. In that state, we are still condemned. In the state of living our life the way we want to because Jesus saved us 15 years ago, and we live the way we want to, and we do the things we want to, and we stand on the Scripture, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, we're forgetting the second part. And that is for those who walk not in the flesh. If we're walking in the flesh, we are condemned. Plain and simple. If we walk in the flesh, if we, even though we say we're believers, if we walk in the flesh, we do things in the flesh with unrepentant sin in our life, we're no different than the person that has never accepted Jesus. We're still condemned. We're still condemned. Our heart is wrong. Our heart is damaged. And we need to go before God and get our heart fixed and mended upon Him. Amen? He goes on in verse 2 and he says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. And when we go and live our life in the way we feel we want to and the way we feel we, we deserve because Jesus saved us so many years ago, we can live the way we want to, we are then saying that we are going back to this we are no longer following Jesus. We are follow, not following the law of the Spirit. We are following the law of sin. We're following the law of sin. And one of the things that this should do, and one of the things that it does for me personally, is it makes me question myself. Do I live a life that, is following, that follows God? Do I live a life that is after the Spirit of God and not the Spirit of the flesh? Do I live a life like that? Those kinds of things for me happen in my own way of thinking. That's just who I am. Do I 
live a life where I'm walking not according to the flesh but the Spirit of God or do I live the way I feel I want to? And unfortunately, every human being that is a Christian will say, there are times, yes, that I live a life according to my flesh. But thanks be to God that Jesus Christ came and saved me that I can go to him and ask for forgiveness. Right? He wants us to go to him and ask for forgiveness. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. We are set free from the, from the law of sin and death. Those old chains, those things that weighed us down, the guilt, the fear, the anxiety, all of those things are gone in Christ Jesus. We talk about this, the scripture says that in the presence of the Lord there is liberty or there is freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom to live the way you want to? No. Freedom from that guilt and that fear and that anxiety and that, and, that, and that animosity toward one another and all those things. Freedom from that in Christ Jesus. Not freedom to live the way we want to. Not freedom to go back to our old way of life. Freedom in Christ. The Bible says that we are to have the mind of Christ. If we look at the scriptures and look at the gospels, was Jesus a sinful man? No, he was not. He was a loving, caring Savior who desired for those to be saved and come to Him through, come to the Father through Him. Is that our mindset? Living in a life that is sold out to the flesh, that's not going to be our mindset. We are becoming, in that kind of lifestyle, we will become selfish and self-indulgent and angry, and bitter, and all of those things. There's freedom in Christ. Freedom from all of that in Jesus Christ. Do we have that kind of freedom? Do I have that kind of freedom? Do we have that kind of freedom from sin and death? It's a, it's a comfort to know that when we, when we go from this world to the next one, we will see Jesus and he will say, "Good, well, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter thou into my rest. It is nice to know that. And if we answer to the law of the flesh all the days of our life, even after being saved, that will not be the outcome. We will be like those that will be standing before God saying, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that in your name? Didn't I cast out devils? Didn't I do this? And Jesus will say to you and me, depart from me. I never knew you. If we live a life like that, he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. There's freedom in Jesus. There's True, true joy, true peace, true comfort, true love. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. If we trust in Jesus, that love that he has for us, that fear will be gone. We'll have a freedom from fear. We'll have a freedom from anxiety. We'll have a freedom from bitterness and anger and discontentment. We'll have a freedom from all of that because Jesus makes us better. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, 
and concerning sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. The law was written by the flesh, through the flesh. Moses wrote the law down, and it was at that time when the law was written, it was written for the purposes to show the people of Israel, children of Israel, that they could not in and of themselves obey the law. The Ten Commandments were a picture of what they could not do in and of themselves. They needed a Savior. They needed someone who could go before God on their behalf and make it right. Because in and of themselves, they could not do it. The sacrifices and all of those things were just a picture of Jesus in the New Testament. So the law was written by the flesh. Because we didn't have the Spirit of God indwelling in, our, in, in, in their beings like, they, like we do now then. They didn't have that. They didn't have the indwelling Spirit of God. They had a covering for sin, not a cleansing of sin. So what the law could not do, God did by sending Jesus in our place. The punishment for sin, it says in Romans, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. So imagine your life on a daily basis. Do we ever have issues in our life where we are sinful? In and of ourselves, that deserves death. In God's word, that deserves death. The wages of sin is death. It is. And God knew that, and God knows that, and Jesus knew that, and Jesus was our sacrifice. He was the one who took all of our sin upon the cross and died with the, with the stain of sin upon himself that we might live. And when we're believers, we're acknowledging the, the fact that Jesus died for our sin. Are we going to sin? Yes, we're going to sin. We're not perfect. Being saved does not make you perfect. It just gives you an, an opportunity to, to try to be better for God and to know that you have an advocate with the Father through Jesus Christ. And when we do sin, we go before God and we say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Jesus was that for you and I. He was the, the sin carrier for you and I. And he died on the cross. He paid the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. He died for that wage so that you and I could live. What the law could not do, God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And he was sinless. He was born of a virgin. Did you know in the, in the scriptures, now this, we're coming up on Christmas, but in the scriptures, Mary was imparted with Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Through the process of her pregnancy, even though she was married to Joseph, the Bible says he didn't know her until after Jesus was born. That's very important. Because if they would have, there would have been the stain of, there would have been the imperfection of Jesus prior to being born. Jesus was perfect. He wouldn't have been perfect had they known one another in a married way 
prior to his birth. And then he lived his, lived his life. We don't hear anything from the, the manger story up until he's 12 years old. And then he gets left in the temple and then he's preaching in the temple. And then after that, he's silent for the rest of his, until his public ministry. But we know that he lived a sinless life from birth to death so that he could partake of that sin or take on that sin of himself at the end for you and I. <clears throat> and what a wonderful thing because now we have life. And Jesus said he's, he's come that we might have life and that more abundantly. We can really, really, really live. And how great is it that we can really live when we have the freedom from all of the things that drag us down? Jesus did that for you and I through his obedience in living a sinless life, his obedience to the cross, knowing the pain, knowing all of that, he did it anyway. And there were multiple times he could have walked away, multiple times that he went alone to pray. He could have just walked away. No one would have ever seen him again. But he didn't do that. He set his face, the Bible says, like flint toward Jerusalem and did what he was supposed to do for you and I that we might have the freedom that it's talking about and the life in the spirit that it's talking about here in Romans chapter 8. We have life in the spirit and freedom in the spirit due to Jesus' obedience and sacrifice. And we're not going to stop there. Those promises were revealed. Those promises were made perfect in the resurrection. If Jesus would never have been raised from the dead, this would have been just empty words. But it's in the resurrection that we have this promise. He was what he said he was. He was who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. And he is God in the flesh. And he's God in the spirit because of the resurrection. So all the things and the promises of this book are made perfect in the resurrection. So life in the Spirit comes by Jesus and our relationship with Him. Now, he says he condemned, he, he condemned sin to the flesh in order that the, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Jesus did that so that Jesus died on the cross so that the righteous requirement would be fulfilled. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We deserve death every single day. At least I do. Anyway, I deserve death every single day were some of the things I think about, some of the things that I wonder about, some of the things that I say. And I think if we all were honest, we could say, yeah, that's me too. And for those things, I deserve death. 
by the scripture. But Jesus took that on. That the righteous requirement was fulfilled in us through him. Not through a lamb, not through a bull, not through a wave offering, but through Jesus Christ. He died to fulfill that requirement of death for sin. Now that's not to say, like I said earlier, that is not to say we're okay to do what we want because the wages of sin still are death. So if we go back to our sinful life, we could very well physically die and we will for sure spiritually die. So when those wages of sin is death, it goes twofold now to where we are physically could die as well as spiritually die and spend an eternity apart from God. We should always strive to be better. We should always strive to know more of God. We should always not take for granted the fact that he saw you and I prior to creation and said, I love them and I'm going to die for them. He saw you and I at our best and he sees you and I at our worst. And in that state, he still says, I love them and I want to be their sacrifice. And even though we still have difficulties today, he still says, Father, I love them. We see that picture on the cross. They've nailed him to the cross and they've put him on the, uh, standing on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. True love. True love for you and I and for those even in that day. The ones that spit on him, the ones that, that whipped him, the ones that did all the things they did to him. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's true love. If it were you and I, how many of us would want to defend ourselves? Right? We would want to defend ourselves. We'd want to fight back. We'd want to, we'd want to protect ourselves against those kinds of things. That's who, that's what humans are. That's the very indication that Jesus was not fully human. He was fully human, but also he was fully God. And the God side of him the God part of him submitted himself to that sacrifice. The human part of him was the part that was in the Garden of Gethsemane wanting to walk away, saying, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But then the God side, the righteous side, reared up and said, not my will but yours. And he went through it anyway. That indication that he submitted himself. He did, they didn't wrestle him to the ground. They didn't, they didn't make him lay on the cross. He submitted himself as a lamb submits themselves to sacrifice, as we read about in the Old Testament. He submitted himself to that sacrifice. He said that to Pontius Pilate, I believe, where he said that it's not that they take his life, it's that he delivers it to them. He gives it to them. He wasn't, he wasn't being forced. He gave his life that we might live. 
And that life in the Spirit is so very important that we honor God. That we honor God. So questions that we need to come to understand and come to think about is number one, how do, how do we live our lives? Do I live my life or do I try to live my life, I should say, in the Spirit, according to the Spirit? Or do I have issue with that? Or do I have problem with that? Or do I not do it at all? That's one of the things. Another question. Do we understand the gravity of the sacrifice of Jesus? Do we understand that, that uh, the, just the agony and, and everything that he went through, just the gravity of what he decided to do, do we grasp that within ourselves? I, I don't think we can fully grasp it. I think we won't be able to fully grasp it until we're with him, but I think we can try to grasp it. That sacrifice that anguish. I think it's important to us to try to grasp it. Those kinds of things cause us to try not to sin and try not to do the things that are not pleasing to God. But it's important. Do you grasp, do I grasp the gravity of the decision Jesus made. The third and final question. Do you live a life of freedom? Freedom from fear. Freedom from anxiety. Freedom from uh, all the things that hold you back. Now that's not to say you're not going to have those things. You're going to have those things. They're going to be there. They'll always be there. As long as we're here, they'll be there. But do you know what to do with them when they pop their head up? Do you know that Jesus is with you? And in him and in his spirit is freedom and liberty. Do we know that? Do we grasp it? Do we understand it? That's what life in the spirit is all about. Grasping those three things, understanding those three things, as well as living in the Word, as Charles Spurgeon said, live in the Bible. We must always live in the Bible. We must always study it. We must always rely upon it. The things that we go through in our life, if we have issue, the answer is always in this book. The answer is always Jesus. The answer is always going to God and asking for strength. The answer is always that. Because he will guide and direct us in strength. Life in the Spirit is all of those things. Praying to God for strength, for joy, for peace, for comfort, for understanding of his word. All of those things. Spending time with fellow believers and what we're doing right now is also part of that living in the Spirit. We must always try our best 
to spend time with other believers in church. God uses each and every one of you every week in my life. And I hope you, you, you recognize that in, the, in each other, that God uses each and every one of you in each and every one of your lives to spur you on to go forth in Him. I pray that you see that. I pray that you understand that. I pray that uh, you look for God in your conversations with one another. God can speak through any one of us to any one of us about situations in our lives. He can confirm things. He can give guidance through you to me and me to you. And he's done it in the past for me. And I pray he does it for you. All of those things are important for understanding the Word of God, for understanding a life in the Spirit of God, walking in the Spirit, knowing that when things are hard, when things are bad, that Jesus already has seen it, Jesus already knows about it, and Jesus has already known the outcome, and trusting Him with the outcome, whatever that outcome is. Good we think or bad we think, God has seen the outcome. Jesus has seen the outcome and the final answer and the final path. He has seen it. He knows it. And we have to trust him to lead us and guide us in that path of our life, good or bad. Amen? Life in the Spirit, folks. It's not hard simple really trust the Lord lean heavily upon him read his word prayer spending time together understanding the word of God living your best to your ability to live for him very very simple unfortunately so many don't understand but I hope today we get a little bit more of an understanding and we'll try to be better tomorrow than we are today. Amen. Let's go before the Lord, shall we? Father, we thank you today. Lord, for your word. Lord, this word has ministered to me in so many ways, in so many different levels, in so many different times in my life. I pray that it ministers to each and every one that's here to this morning. Touch us, Lord. Help us to gain understanding in this word. Help us to trust you more and more every single day. Help us, Lord, to seek a life in the spirit, a life free from fear, from anxiety, from anguish and bitterness and all the things that hold us back. Father, help us to move forward in you. And Lord, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. God bless you. God be with you this week. As you go through your week, may he <clears throat> encourage you, administer to you by his spirit. May you feel his presence every single day. And may God show himself mighty in your lives. May he bless you. 
and keep you this week. Amen.